You're seated. I want us all to say together, woo. You ready? Woo. Well, I got to be a little more energetic. All right, let's try it again. Woo. All right, you may be seated. Christmas is over. Now, I say woo because there's a little bit of uh, excitement and joy and appreciation uh, that's with that as well. That was a good time. Christmas was a great time. But it's also, hey, it's over. We can go on and uh, move into this new year. We did. Christmas started early into November as we started our walk of lights and went through all the activities at Christmas. Trust that you had a good time with your family. But it is a new year. I like the fact new. It's a new year, fresh start, fresh beginning. And at the beginning of every year, we believe and ask the Lord to give us a theme, a theme for the year that we will use uh, going forward to focus on, think about, and uh, receive everything that the Lord has from that. And I believe the Lord has given us that theme. And the theme is to accelerate, accelerate. And we have our new uh, stage background that sort of illustrates that matter of accelerating, going forward, going fast. So, if you received a message fill-in sheet, take it out, follow along with us as we share this message this morning. So your first fill-in, this is a year of acceleration. Acceleration quickening our pace. And the dictionary definition, I wrote it down there before you, it says first in the dictionary to increase your speed. Increase your speed to move farther, faster. You're traveling at 10 miles an hour, you can go at 20. You're going to go further and you're going to go faster. So accelerate is to quicken your pace, to go faster. Secondly, it's to cause something to develop more quickly, to grow more quickly, to develop. And so something can be accelerated. And then the third aspect of the word accelerate means to cause something to occur sooner than expected. So you had an expectation and this was going to happen in this time, but now it happened sooner. It was accelerated. And I believe the Lord is saying to us, this is a year of acceleration. Our tagline is to go farther, faster. Now, I hesitated on the tagline only in this regard. I don't want us to consider it a hurried pace. That, you know, we've so, we got so many things on, and now we've got to hurry about this and hurry about that. No, I, I think... It's to go at the pace the Lord wants us to go at. And it's not a hurried pace, but it's a quicker pace. Now, I think for most of us, if we uh, looked at our own lives and to begin to say, you know, what, what, what would acceleration mean to us or to me? And it's your other uh, aspect here on your notes. To move farther, faster, to grow more quickly, to grow in the Lord more quickly than you have in the past, and to arrive sooner at your destination. And so all these aspects, your 
and, and here's your next film. Might as well go to it, then we can talk about it. You need to assess your spiritual pace. Assess it. Think about it. Examine it. Your spiritual pace. Now, I think in the natural, for us, usually our pace is too fast. We want to slow down. We got too many responsibilities. Our job, uh, responsibilities of family, responsibility in the community, responsibilities, they just are endless. And we usually cannot find enough hours in the day. And so the immediately thought, the immediate thought is, I cannot go any faster than I want to, uh, or can right now. But I want you to just remove that from the equation. And we're talking about your spiritual pace. When God wants us to quicken our pace, he's talking about our spiritual pace. How fast are you progressing spiritually? If you look back this past year, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, how fast did you go spiritually? And how much did you grow, develop spiritually? Because when you first become a Christian, your spirit is filled with God's spirit. You have the forgiveness of sins. And so then he dwells in us and then begins to grow. He takes over our mind, our will and emotions. We begin to think more of his thoughts. Our choices are more in line with him. And our feelings are changing. And it comes out to our physical being, where we actually do and say things differently. So spiritual growth starts within, works out through our mind, willing emotions to our physical body. So ask yourself, how much did I develop this past year in that regard? And then goals that you set, perhaps spiritual goals, places that you, spiritual milestones that you would like to achieve. Did did you reach them? And are you content to move at the same pace this year as last year? And I believe the Lord's word to us is that we all can accelerate our spiritual pace to be what God wants us to be. Here's some verses from the Bible that speaks about a church who's in a situation we're in, they're Christians, and Paul writes the church at Corinth to determine where are they along their spiritual journey, how fast are they going, how fast are they developing, have they reached their destination. And we see in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 1, Paul writes and says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal as to babes in Christ. So he's saying to this group of people, you know, when I came to you, after he, like, he started this church, so now he's addressing them, he says, you know, I thought you would be spiritual people. I, think, I thought you'd grow up a little bit more. But he says, I can't speak to you as adults. I have to speak to you as if you're, you're children still. And if you read the context, Context, they were, they were, there were divisions among them, and then there were squabbles, and there was, they were envious of one another. All kinds of just carnal things were happening. And he's saying, you know, really, this isn't fitting. I mean, you're Christians. God is in you. 
You, you should have grown. There should have been a progress more in your life. But, but, but still, it's like that little thing that was born in you, the Spirit of God, that born. it's still there. But now your hands and your mouth and everything and your thoughts are going in a thousand different directions, not God's direction. He said, I, I thought you would have grown up spiritually. And that's how the Bible words it, that Christ would grow in us and come to full stature. So he's in the process of changing us all. This is what spiritual growth is. But Paul writes this church and he says, somehow you got stagnated here. I mean, I, I thought you'd be further along than you are. So it tells us that just because there's a chronological age of being a Christian, like I've been a Christian for four years or five years, doesn't mean that you will have grown. You might have got stunted in your growth. And then another writer to the Hebrews he writes this, and it's along the same line. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food, for you are a babe. So again, the thought to this group of people is, I thought by this time you would be developed and mature enough that you'd be teachers, you'd be an example, you could share with others. But no, you're not. You're still needing to, gra to grasp and to digest just the basic fundamentals. It's like milk. You just, you can't handle strong meat. You're not growing, you're not mature. You're still babes in Christ. And so this it should be a warning to us. As in the scriptures, People just like us that are Christians, the word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit is saying, you know what? You should have been further along. You need to quicken your pace. You need to develop more quickly. You're not reaching the goals, the destinations that I want you to. You're still children. So your pace will determine how long it takes for you to arrive at a destination. So the question comes, well then, how fast should we move? It's your next fill-in. God wants you to increase your pace to match His. Now, here, here's the beautiful thing. Uh, you don't have to run ahead of God. It's not for you to determine, oh, i got to do this, i got to do that. No, but He wants us to match His pace. We are to walk with the Lord. We are to move in the spirit. So when the spirit moves, we are to move. It's like when Philip uh, talked to the Ethiopian eunuch, and it says actually after he spoke to the Ethiopian eunuch, that he was caught away by the spirit, and he was transported to another place. Sometimes God moves quickly. Maybe more fast than a speeding locomotive. <laughs> or a plane. He just transported them there. So we have to move at God's pace. And know that his pace is limitless. He moves at the speed of light. God is light. And God can do much more than what we think. We just need to match his pace. So you don't have to be hurried. You don't have to try to do more yourself. But our goal is to get on board with him. There is a waiting on the Lord. Well, I said, well, you said to move, but wait on the Lord. Well, you wait to connect with him. You wait 
to yoke with him. The Lord, the wording of the scripture is that we are yoked with Christ. In other words, he's in the yoke with us and it's really his strength that moves us forward. But you've got to keep up. And so there's the goal of pacing needs to be, I want to move at the pace God has. Now, the thing is, God moves, I was going to say, breakneck speed. But that's only a human sense. But I do think he, he, may, he moves at a speed that sometimes breaks us, breaks our selfishness, breaks our own limitations. You know, God can do a mar, mar, much more than what we think we can. You know, the Bible says that he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we would ask or think. Now, that's telling us he's able to do above Beyond, not just above, but exceedingly above and beyond. All we would ask, every prayer you ever prayed, God can do a way more than what you prayed. In fact, whatever you thought that I could be, the scripture says God's able to do much greater than that. So the limitation is in us, not in God. And if we get on board with him, he, his spirit will carry us, maybe not transport us in a literal way, but it will transport you spiritually from place to place, from need to need, from person to person, way more than what you could ever imagine. See, we're the bottleneck. It's the laborers that are few. And, and God's, there's so many people that are praying prayers. You're passing by people every day that they have prayed and they have a need and they've said, God, if you're there, help me. Ah, I need something. But sometimes we, we don't move with God. He's prompting us. But if you had a sensitivity, you, he would connect you from place to place, person to person. You'd just be dropping seeds, dropping words because you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And God would use us exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. Wow, acceleration. I say, Lord, I want to move with you. I want to be moving at your speed. I don't want to just stroll around. I want to move with you. Your next fill-in is this. So what do we need to do to accelerate? Well, there's a portion of Scripture in um, 1 Corinthians 9, 24. And here's your fill-in. Lay aside the weights. Lay aside the weights. Um, the Scripture talks to us about to lay aside the sins and the weights that besets us. There are things that are just weights. It's like running in a race and things just weigh you down. It's harder to run faster because you're carrying this with you. And so the Bible tells us to lay aside the weights and the sins that so easily beset us and run, run with patience the race that is set before us. So, again, there's, there's a race that we're to be involved in. 
Do you realize your life is a race? Or do you think, no, he's just put me in this world, I'm a Christian, and I just sort of wander around. And, you know, here and there, and I ask the Lord to help me, and I meet this, and I want this, I ask the Lord to help me get this, and we, we sort of think, you know, we're, we're just, he's there to help us. And there's really no purpose of my life other than just live it out and see what happens, see what comes across my path. And whatever comes across my path, I'll, I'll pray about it, maybe meet a need if I can. But we, we don't have this sin. No, there's a race that's set before us. Now here's this portion of 1 Corinthians 9.24. And we used this actually last week. But it still speaks to the same issue. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but, for, but we for an imperishable crown. So there's something at stake. You were saved for a purpose. There's a course set out for you. God's designed you. He knows about you. He knows your place and time. He knows where you're working. He knows your friends. He's got a course set out for you. And you're to run in such a way that you will obtain the prize, the reward that he has for all of us who give ourselves in service to him. This is not just an indifference. It's a matter of understanding every morning you wake up, there's a course set before me, and I have to run in a certain way. I'm going to lay aside the weights and the sins that can weigh me down, and I want to be focused to realize today is going to count for the kingdom. I tell you, that's one of the things that gripped my heart early on, was my life must count for the kingdom of God. I'm not content just to live my life out and have salvation, and ask him to bless me, and to give me more things, and for me to make my life better, and not have a sense when you put your head down at night. Here's how my life benefited God's kingdom today. Oh, that's running the race. When you're aware of that, it will discipline you. And it says here, when these guys are training for a race, they're, they're training, they're laying some things aside and they're exercising and they have a certain diet and they're doing this because they want to win a natural prize. But we're doing it because of a spiritual prize that we want to win. I wrote this statement in because it's another statement that's helped shape my thinking. And it's this, your gauge of success is not determined by what you have accomplished, but by what you have accomplished compared to what you could have accomplished. So you could, you can, we, we judge ourselves by others. Well, I, I'm actually doing more than most people. And I'm more dedicated than most people. And I see a lot of people that are just sitting on the edge. At least I'm, I'm running along. I'm jogging. And, but your success is not by what you've accomplished. 
Your success is what you've accomplished compared to what you could have accomplished. So maybe you accomplished quite a bit, but you're only running at half speed. And so when the race is over, and I used to run cross country when I was in high school, and the coach, he would tell us all the time, when you cross that finish line, you'd be fully, ex just expend every bit of energy you have. Don't ever cross that line and just sort of stand around and breathe and, you know, just panting a little bit. No, it, it, you gave everything because, yeah, you could still uh, beat some people, but you need to do your best. You need to be what God wants you to be. And so again, this thought of quickening your pace, accelerating, saying, am I okay with how I am traveling? See, you need to assess your spiritual pace. I mean, really think about it. Are you happy with the pace you're on? Are you happy with it? Are you happy how you've grown this past year? The spiritual goals you've set, are you happy with it? Or could you have done more? And I think God's word to us is a challenge to say, you know, quicken your pace. Step up a little bit. You can do more than you can. Don't, don't just think I'm a success because I've done the minimum. But realize, no, what can I do with my life? What would God want to do with my life? So you're assessing it in light of the Lord. Your next fill-in is this. Assess your heart. Assess your heart. Now, your heart is very, very important in this whole process. There's a parable, and most of you are familiar with the parable of the sower. It's the only parable that's in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all give this parable. It speaks to the importance of it. Jesus gave this parable teaching people how their life can count and be fruitful. So he gives the parable, the wayside soil, the stony soil, the thorny soil, the good soil, and it ends by him saying, the good soil, it bore fruit, 30, 60, 100 fold. So they didn't fully understand the parable, and they asked Jesus about it, so he explains it. And I'm not going to go into this in any depth, but it is really a tremendous study. First of all, he tells them that the sower is the Son of Man, it's, it's Christ, it's his he sows the word that the soil is our hearts so when you're looking at this parable you need to ask yourself what is the condition of my heart it will either be wayside stony, thorny or good soil it's your heart and the Bible says keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life it's very important for you to, to see what the condition of your heart is. Because the condition of your heart will determine how fruitful, how, how much you have accomplished for the Lord. So the first, and, and I'm just going to do this very briefly, but I want you to see this. The wayside soil was soil that was hard. So when the seed, the words came, the heart didn't receive it, didn't act on it, just let it sit. And then it said the birds came, picked it away. The enemy comes and takes it away. So here's someone is prompted by God's spirit. And, and you hear the word. But you don't quickly respond. You don't act on it. 
You just let it sit there. And then the enemy comes and steals it away. And it's been of no benefit. It's never taken root. Then the second soil, stony soil, says this person hears the word. Their heart hears the word of the Lord. And they respond. And it takes root. They start to act. But then shortly thereafter, they hit resistance. There's persecution. In the parable, the sun comes out and withers it. So we're, we're facing something that's unexpected. Now something's coming against. And, and this heart will then, there's no depth of conviction in this heart. And so they quickly stop and it just withers and it dies. So that's the second kind of heart. The third kind of heart is the thorny heart. This heart, they hear the word of God. They receive it. They start acting on it. It starts to grow. And it actually is starting to come up. But there's other things in the heart. And it's spoken of as weeds and thorns that choke out the good seed. Doesn't kill it, but just chokes it so it bears no fruit. And it said those weeds, Jesus said, are the cares of life and the deceitfulness of riches. Now, I think a lot of us are here, aren't we? You know, we, we've accepted the Lord. We want to be led of the Lord. We hear God speak to us. We, uh, we're making an effort. We are acting. And we, but you know, there's a lot of other things in our life. And there's the cares of life. Now, these are not bad things. These, are, again, are the weights. They're not evil. They're just weights. They just weigh us down. And as a result, it takes the, like the nu nutrients of the soil and it takes the moisture of the soil. And rather than going into the good seed, it goes into the weeds. And so they're growing up together. And even though you could look and say, yes, there's, there's, um, there's spiritual plants in my life. But then you look for the fruitfulness of the spiritual plants and they're not there. Because it's been choked out by the other things sapping our energy and our time and our efforts. Now Jesus has given this parable for a reason. And then he ends by saying, now there's good soil. This is a person whose heart receives the word, acts on the word, continues in it, and has cultivated and hoed out the weeds so that the soil is going into the good plant and then it bears a variety of increase. Some 30, some 60, some 100. We all are different. We're not all going to be able to, to produce the same. We all have different talents and abilities. That's why we can't compare ourselves among each other. But we just want to go at the pace the Lord wants us to go at. Now, this, Jesus gives this parable and he's teaching them how to be a fruitful Christian. How to be a Christian that will bring increase to God's kingdom. One that will hear well done. He's telling us how we run this race in such a way we'd win the prize. I just want you to see it today because this matter of acceleration is a matter of you need to assess your heart. Where is my heart in all this? If I was to be honest this past year, the things that I feel have been prompted into my heart by the Holy Spirit. How many things I heard it, but you know, I didn't act on it right away and then it sort of, uh, you know, it got drifted away and I never really thought about it after. 
That's wayside soil. And what other things that you heard, you started a little bit, but then things came up and, oh, I didn't expect I'd have to spend time here and there and, and there's persecution and, and you just go, you know what, I, I can't continue. And then there's others, you are persisting, but you've got so many things in your life that it's taking away the spiritual fruitfulness. And then there's other that are good soil. Now, you know, for myself, I think I'm a mixture of all four. At different times, my heart shifts with the seed I receive. And I want to though, be good heart. I want to be good soil. I want to keep my heart with all diligence. I want, I want my heart to be such that I can keep up with the Lord and do what he wants me to do. So I'm going to leave that. But that's a part of this acceleration process. It's assessing your heart and saying, I want to keep it in a different manner this year. Because I want to bring the increase to God that he wants. Now here's your next villain. Accelerate in the right direction. You know, someone said, when you're lost, you always go faster. <laughs> and I was thinking about that. I think that's probably true. You know, you're not sure where the road is. You're supposed to turn right, and so you're driving. Well, I wonder what's over that horizon. One was over here. Have I gone too far? Do I need to turn back? And, and I find I go faster, and I go faster. But many times you're going faster in the wrong direction. And so we have to, to make sure, as we climb the ladder of success, that our ladder is against the right building. Sometimes we're climbing the ladder of success, but we're against the wrong building. We're, we're, building, we're trying to be successful in natural things. We're trying to accomplish this, which really have no eternal benefit, but they have natural benefit. And so I'm re really working hard to get ahead with my job, to get money to buy this, and, and leaving aside the things that are eternal. And so if we're going to be successful, we have to make sure I'm accelerating in the right direction. What is the right direction? The verse that came to my mind, and I, and I read it here for you, it's uh, God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. So you have to see that we are an ambassador for Christ. This world's not our home. We are citizens of heaven. We're here on earth. And we are ambassadors of heaven to bring good news of the heavenly realm to the earthly realm, to a people that are just living in earthly things. But we're ambassadors of God's kingdom. And we are given a word of reconciliation the salvation of people coming to know Christ. And that should be our main concern. Another way of looking at it, and you've heard me share this before, our mission on earth is similar to Christ's mission. And Jesus said three things that why he came to earth. He came to save his people from their sins. 
So he came to give his life a ransom. We celebrated it this morning. The second thing he said, he came to undo the works of the devil. So when there was heartache and sickness and death, he undid the works of the devil. He was a representative of the kingdom of God. And then finally it said, he came to glorify his father who is in heaven. I believe those three same uh, goals, our success, the direction of our acceleration should be in those three areas. One, we are ambassadors of the Lord. We are witnesses to what Christ has done. We tell the good news of knowing Christ and what he has done. And we undo the works of Satan. We tell people you can be free from that sin. You can be free from that addiction. You can be free from the hardship that comes. The wages of sin is death. And, and we live our life and we, we move helping people, undoing the works of the devil. And then we're bringing glory to God. That the end of our life, everything we do, we say, Lord, it was for your glory and for your honor. We're not taking this to ourselves. We're, we're servants. We're trying to help people. See, again, you, you, you have the word of reconciliation. You undo the works of the devil. And you bring glory to God. That is the right direction to accelerate in. Don't deviate off the path. Don't change otherwise. But quicken your path in that direction. When you do so, every time you accelerate you feel a G-force that pushes you back. And I've never been up in a jet plane, but, you know, you watch enough uh, documentaries and people that have gone up for the first time and they talk about, it's just incredible, the force that puts you back, uh, the G-force that puts you back and uh, into, into the seat and the twists and the turns. And a lot of people can't handle it um, because it's just, it's too much. And same thing when we start to accelerate in spiritual things. You are going to have a pushback. There's going to be a reaction within you that to a certain extent is uncomfortable because you're getting out of your comfort zone. Are you willing to experience the pushback of accelerating in the things of the Lord? It's well worth it. It is uncomfortable in that moment, but you are increasing your speed. And just realize there's always a pushback. And so when it comes, don't react to it. Just endure it and say, God, I'm doing this for a purpose and for a reason. And you'll find that as you finally reach a speed, then the G-force eases. It's only in the acceleration process that you feel the push, the pushback. Now, what empowers us to do this? Here's your next feeling. God provides the impetus. If you, you look up impetus, it's the force to accelerate. When, when you need to accelerate, you need an impetus. You need a force. You need a pressure that, that causes you to go forward. The impetus. God provides the impetus. We don't do this in our own power. We don't do this in our own strength. It's a matter, really, of aligning our energy with God's energy. Now, here's the portion of Scripture, Acts 1 and verse 4 and 8. 
He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. This is Jesus talking to his early disciples just before he ascends into heaven. He, He says, don't depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me, but you shall receive power, impetus, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There's going to be a power. Now he tells them, don't go without this. You're just going to be out there in your own power trying to accomplish that you can't accomplish. You wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. He'll come upon you. He'll give you power. You'll be witnesses. You'll do all the things that you need. We cannot accelerate without the Holy Spirit. God is the power that's going to bring this about. And that acceleration is um, fantastic. Uh, God moves at the speed of light. He can do more than you think. But you have to align yourself. Um, if you go in your own strength, we'll just sort of add. We'll do the, the things of God adding. Like 2 plus 2 is 4. Plus 2 is 6. Plus 2 is 8. But if you go by multiplication, 2 times 2 is 4, it's 8, then it's 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, and on and on it goes. As you, as you multiply, God moves at a rate way beyond, and, and it will actually set you back. It'll, you'll, go, you'll be amazed. you go, whoo, wow, what God is doing. But align yourself to the things of the Lord. And here's your next fill-in. Be filled with the oil of the Spirit. Be filled with the oil of the Spirit. This power that we're talking about, the fuel, is the Holy Spirit, which we've already read about. You know, as I was um, receiving this, um, it it came to me in a dream. I, I woke up with this strong sense, and we all have dreams, but then there's other dreams you know that's from the Lord. You wake up with a different sense. Uh, and it was like a startling waking and a sense of his presence the moment I woke up. And, and it was talking about this acceleration and moving faster in the things of the Lord. And you can do more in the things of the Lord. And, and uh, I, I got up in the middle of the night and I actually started writing things down so, so I wouldn't forget. Again, if you hear something, Act on it. So I started writing down. But here's, here's the, the part that, that I, I didn't put together really until I started putting this message together. I had this picture of all these people with oil just dripping off them. And it was like, a, it, was like a, it was a heavy oil. It was like the way I wrote it in the note, there's a raw oil that's, uh, that's on people. I could see it. I could see it smeared and daubed on people. And um, I didn't know exactly all what it meant until I started putting it in. I read, oh yeah, oil is the fuel. <laughs> the gas is refined oil. And uh, God gives it to us and it's like we have to refine it as it were. And, and the promptings and the feelings of God in us, we, we take it, we absorb it, we use it. There's, there's an oil of the Holy Spirit that energizes us. And we have a part to play in this. Uh, And that is the anointing that breaks the yoke. If we're going to break the speed barrier, whatever that speed barrier in your life, the limit to what you've done thus far, 
It's like there's going to be a speed barrier you have to break if you're going to accelerate. And, and, and as you accelerate, you know, there's like there's a, there's a busting through that, that area. Um, and so is there a breakthrough that comes. And many breakthroughs come through the anointing, waiting in the presence of the Lord, taking on the fuel, being filled with the Spirit. There's a waiting and then there's a doing. Uh, and it comes together. And there's a seasons that happen. And I think God is preparing us for acceleration of moving forward into th- places that we've never been before because we're going to go further faster. And it's going to beat your expectations. We're going to accelerate into this area. I'm saying you can accelerate. Don't put it to someone else. Don't, don't lump yourself, well, everybody. Well, I believe it will be everyone. But you've got to think about this yourself. He, he sees you. And, and you need to take the governor off of your life. I didn't share this in the first service, but it just comes to my mind now. Some of you that saw the movie Ford versus Ferrari, and the main character was Ken Miles. He was a race car driver, and he's in this race, but they've told him, don't go any faster than this. Don't go any faster than this. But he, you know, they're getting behind, and so finally, uh, the Brad Pitt character goes up and he holds the, the sign up that says, you know, Go faster. He, he, he takes the limit off. And he presses down. He wins the race. And sometimes we just have to do this. We've got to take the governor off. You've got, you got to hear the sign of the Lord that says, it's okay, you can go faster. You've only gone this fast so far. You think this is fast, you can go. But you know what? There's a power in this engine that, that we're riding. We're, we're part of the church. We're, God is empowering us. It's not our own strength. You're gonna, if you take the step... You see, in a vehicle, there is what's called a accelerator. An accelerator. You know, put your foot on the accelerator. You push down on the pedal. You put the pedal to the metal. You, you press down on the accelerator. Did your effort in pressing on the accelerator make the tires go faster? Yes and no. It wasn't the power of your pressure, but you initiated something. And I think that's what the Lord's saying to us. There is a power in the system. There is a power in the church. There is a power beyond what you can ever imagine. And sometimes we're just idling. And we're just sort of moving through life at a special, certain rate. And we struggle. And we don't know why. You know what comes to my mind? A jet plane that never takes off. You know how awkward it is for them to move? In fact, I just saw on the news, one plane clipped another plane. They were moving, slowly moving, lumbering around. And what, what if you talked to a jet plane that had never flown? And he goes, oh, this is awful. Man, I'm so heavy. And, you know, I hit things and I've got to be towed out and, you know, nothing's happening. But they, that's a plane that's never taken off. I mean, a plane is meant to fly. Get it up in the air. Accelerate down the runway. When it gets in the air, it can maneuver. It can go at a speed. It's meant to fly. It's not meant to taxi. And I think sometimes as Christians, we're taxiing. 
And we're, we're moving here and there. And we, when it doesn't seem to work. And, and it's so hard. And we hit things. And, and the Lord's saying, listen, if you just accelerate. Get down the runway. Get up in the air. There's a power in you that you can fly. I'm saying, Lord, let me hear this word. Let me embrace this word myself. I'm praying for us as a church that we will accelerate this year. That you'll go places you've never been before. You'll experience things you never thought you could. But it's all in your design. You just haven't exerted the power or released the power. That's a better way of putting it. And so I think this year I'm challenging you. Put your foot down and say, I'm going to accelerate. I'm going to be filled with the the Spirit. I'm going to move in the Spirit. Now to this end, it's part of all this thinking, is our four nights to a clear vision that we're going to start this coming Sunday. And as, you know, usually as you know, at the beginning of the year we do a time of prayer and fasting and we encourage you to pray and to fast and we come together and we have prayer nights here, uh, certain nights during the first month of of the year. And this year, as I was thinking about it and talking to some of the others in the office, we said, you know, we need to do something more. Uh, we, need to, we need to bring a, a, a special speaker in. Let's have some special meetings. Let's come together uh, and, and do it with a little more effort, with a little more uh, acceleration. Uh, and let's, let's see what God would do. And as I was thinking about this, a man came to my mind that I've known, and he's been here before. His name is Len Zoderman. He's from Calgary. Um, he's, he's traveled the last uh, number of years just in ministry. Um, has has a, a strong prophetic gift. Um, I, I was telling others, there's a sense of spirituality around him that I really um, admire. Uh, there's an intensity about him in the spirit. And, uh, and I thought, man, it would be good. I wonder if Len could come. Oh, man, it's such short notice. Don't, I don't even know. I haven't talked to him for a few years. So I decided I'm just going to call him and see how he's doing. So I talked to him, called him. He said, oh, it's good to hear from you, Ken. We chatted and caught up. And uh, I told him what the theme we're going to do. He goes, wow, he said, I really like that thing. That really resonates. He said, that sounds a lot like the Lord is talking to me about. And I said, really? And I said, well, what's your availability? He said, well, I'm pretty, pretty booked up. And I said, you got any time in January? He said, well, I have January 12 and that week. And that's what I was wanting to do. I was I want to do it like right after this, and let's, let's do our week of prayer and fasting. And uh, so I said, are you available? He said, yeah, I could do that. So, you know, just believing it was a leading of the Spirit. We just, just booked it, and, and Len's going to be with us next Sunday. He's going to be here in the first service, second service. Then we're going to do Sunday night at 6. Then we're going to go to Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and we're going to soak in the Holy Spirit. We're going to hear God's word. We're going to pour the oil from vessel to vessel. Um, I didn't share these verses, but uh, it's in your notes. Uh, This lady that had a need, and let me just read it. And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. 
Then he said, this is Elisha the prophet, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. And they, she did. And it said the oil kept pouring till all the vessels were full. And then she was able to take the oil and meet her need. Now this speaks to me in a spiritual sense. We are vessels of the Lord. And sometimes we look and we say, all I got is just a little jar of oil. And the Lord says, why don't you go and get all the other empty vessels? Get as many as you can. And I love what he says. Don't just get a, a few. Not a few. You get, you get lots of vessels. And she could have said, well, I only got a little jar. I only really need one vessel. But she went and borrowed all these vessels. But as the oil was poured from vessel to vessel, it increased and filled all the vessels. And that's what I really am praying for these nights that's coming up. That we're together in the presence of the Lord. We're going to pour the oil one to another. It might start with just a little bit, but it's going to increase. And it's going to empower us to go forward. And I pray that the dream I had will come to fulfillment. That everyone is dripping with oil, as it were. Filled with the Holy Spirit empowered by the Holy Spirit, moved by the Holy Spirit. So my prayer is in these coming days, starting next Sunday night, well, Sunday morning, but we'll start the evening. And it really is four nights to a clear vision. 2020 is clear vision. And this is the year 2020. What's God's vision for your life? Where does he want you to go? What course has he set before you? I ask Lord, let me, have, let me have a heart right now that will hear that word and act on it. That I won't hear that word and just sort of set it on the surface of my heart. Or I won't hear the word and then start a little bit, won't, won't follow through. But that we are all good soil here. That we'll hear this word that I believe the Lord's giving us as a congregation. Where could we be in the, as a congregation in a year's time? Could we be further, faster, Above all, what we could ask or think. Flying like a jet rather than moving at 10 or 15 miles an hour down the runway. We're actually flying and soaring because that's what we're made for. Do we believe that the early church, the activities and the experience they had could not happen with us? I'm asking you to have an open heart. I feel like I've delivered what God wanted me to share with you today. Would you stand with me as we close this time? I would ask you to put your hand on your, on your heart. And would you just pray right out after me? Dear Lord, would you open my heart? May it be receptive this morning to hear your word I want to receive your spirit I want to be empowered to do more than what I ever thought help my life to accelerate may I move in the power of your spirit may I run the course that you have for me and may I run it in a way to win the prize Lord, use these next days in my life 
to prepare me, to equip me, to empower me for your purposes. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank the Lord. Let's thank him this morning.